Hello, and welcome to Learn to Listen. I'm your host, Mariah Parsons. Danielle Berman, founder and CEO of Tackle What's Next, the premier community and support team for athletes transitioning from sport to whatever is coming next for them, joins us in this episode. And we start off by fangirling about the power of telling stories and sharing experiences with each other, especially around career transition. When we recorded this episode, I was a few months out of college. Now, having it be at the post date, we are of course later in the year. But during this recording, we chat about the worries that come with change and choosing where to go after sport. When sport has been your job, per se, for the better part of your adult life. Danielle brings up the great point that there is no blueprint on how to do that for anyone, whether or not you're an athlete. And Tackle What's Next is really a great resource to help athletes make this transition and connect them with the right people when they might feel lost after ending their final season. We also chat about how we really only see the good part about college or really only hear about the good part of college. Um, whether it's through social media or other mediums such as movies and as a whole how no one tells you about the bad side people tend to not showcase or post about it and so it's really important as to, to have both sides of the story and to even know that there are both sides of the story I tell a narrative about you know having to come to that uh, realization that college can be tough and luckily I had someone in my life who shared that with me before I even got to college. But I think a lot of the times, um, a lot of people don't have that. So I think it's a great point to just always bring up of there are always two sides to every coin. Have you ever thought about the difference between balance and prioritization? Because I definitely hadn't. And Danielle talks us through this. And it's such a great point of inflection to really, it's such a great point of reflection to really bring it up because I had never really thought about it, but your priorities can definitely fluctuate depending on the day and the events that come up. And so learning how to tell other people that your priorities are shifting and that you have to make time for other things was especially intriguing. With that, I hope you take away as much as I did from Danielle and I's conversation. Please let me know your favorite parts and any feedback you may have. Enjoy. But yeah, so I'd love to dive into it. And, you know, you talk to so many amazing people with Tackle What's Next. So I love to kind of hear more about your story because, you know, you're, you're always providing the space for others to share about themselves. So I want to, you know, do the same thing for you um, and allow you just to, you know, like talk about what inspired you to um, found, start with, or tackle what's next and kind of start that journey. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I definitely love to be in your shoes and really draw out stories from other people. So it's, uh, it's always nice to kind of get the experience on the other side. Um, but yeah, no tackle what's next kind of came out of a need that I saw of just supporting and building a community around athletes outside of their sports. Um, you know, my journey, I never thought I'd with a company or start this kind of an organization. Um, I worked for a former athlete for a long time right after college, and he did a lot of things right um, in terms of leveraging his athletic experience and creating 
relationships while he was playing that he could then turn to after. Um, and while he wasn't a superstar, he was still able to do that really well. Um, and I think it was just a great example for some of his teammates that were superstars, you know, to kind of look in, in their own right, right. To say like, oh, okay. Like if he could do it, I could certainly do it. Um, yeah. And that was kind of my first taste into this whole world of life beyond like what happens to athletes after they retire or after they graduate. Um, and for some folks, it was great. They had awesome opportunities and for some they were lost and they didn't know what to do. And I think we saw a lot of kind of eye-opening, like the broke documentaries and all, you know, 30 for 30 and just seeing so many kind of troubling news stories around like former athletes getting in trouble or, you know, investing in the wrong things. And you see a lot of the negative, but, you know, I think that was one thing that I saw was like, there are so many opportunities and so many positive stories that we just don't hear about because everything's going fine. Right. We love like the, the fall of an icon. Like we love that story. Um, but that's not necessarily 90% of the, the story. I think that is a common theme, unfortunately, but there's so many other athletes that have transitioned into all kinds of different roles and jobs and doing things really well. And so, um, when I thought about how could I support this mission of like, how can I help? Um, when I had left that company and was kind of working in marketing, trying to figure out what was next for me, um, I thought, you know, I, I love events. I love working and kind of working for impact and purpose. And I said, why don't we just do an event called tackle what's next? Like, put athletes and execs in the same room, have them network, have them chat, like bring people together. Um, and it, honestly, it just snowballed from there. That was like early 2019. I reached out to a couple of folks that are athletes that are building their own things. And I said, you guys want to help me like put this event together. And they're like, let's do it. Um, the Malcolm Lemons, the Mobio Kugos, um, they, they are fantastic. Both their companies, Athletes Unheard and A Frugal Athlete are incredible resources. And they both were just so gung-ho to connect me with the right people that could speak on panels. They both moderated a panel. Um, but in the meantime, people were like, so what else are you doing? Are you doing more events? Are you doing a website? Like what's, what other support do you offer? Um, and so we're still navigating that. I think it's still coming together, honestly. Uh, but to your point, one of the things we've really focused on is the power of telling stories and sharing experiences. And we've kind of tried to build a platform around the positive and the opportunities around career transition. And, you know, I don't think that again, that was my, per like my, I broke up and said, this is what I want to do. But I think it's just evolved that way. We were really focused on events and connecting people, COVID hit, and we were like, all right, how do we keep this going? And so it was like, well, let's, let's just host virtual events and Instagram live interviews and podcasts. Like let's, let's have athletes tell their experience and their stories because you can learn so much from that. And so we're, we're really gung ho on giving every athlete his or her chance to speak about their experience, to speak about the awesome things that have happened. And also to speak about the struggles and the challenges, because we can't ignore that. We can't ignore that there are pitfalls. And I think, you know, that's, that's kind of been the, the fun part is getting to meet so many people, getting to share their stories. And I think just hopefully helping the next generation of of athletes, whether they're in college, high school, playing professionally right now, understand that like sports is a chapter of your life. It's not the whole thing. And, you know, again, there's so many awesome opportunities for you to, you know, essentially tackle the next chapter, tackle what's next mm -hmm. in that next career. Cause it's inevitable for all of them. Um, they're all going to have a next career. So preparing now is, is the best thing you can do. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a great point to distinguish is, you know, it is a chapter. And I think when you're in it, it's very difficult to kind of predict into the future and be like, this is everything I've known and trained for and dedicated so much of your life to. So then, I mean, of course you can be excited to transition out of sport, but there's definitely a lot of worry about it. And, you know, even I just, we were talking about earlier, just graduated. Um, And so two months out, you know, it's still so weird not to have a very organized schedule of being like, this is your practice time. This is the time you're going to class. Then you're going to practice again. Then you're studying, then dinner, you know, like Mm -hmm. all kind of laid out for you. And so having to, it's great to have more independence, of course, but then you're just kind of thrown into it. And I've realized there really isn't a ton of resources universally that are given to athletes to try to make that transition. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. You're kind of thrown out into this new world of like independence and choice. Like Mm -hmm. I think people don't necessarily understand that as an athlete, whether you're playing in college or professional or however Olympic, your schedule is so regimented. Um, you know, in the off season, you may have more time that you can fill, but, you know, I think to your point, like every minute is accounted for in your day and you know what you're supposed to be doing. You have the blueprint for success, but in real life, there's no blueprint for success. There's no, like, here's the blueprint for success in getting a job in this industry, or here's the blueprint for success in navigating what that post career, you know, post sports career looks like. And, we've really leaned into that. There is no blueprint, right? It's, it's completely up to you, but there are some things that, like you said, there are some resources out there that may be able to make it a little easier. And our job is really to have people share their stories, just like you're doing with this podcast, like share their stories and help people learn from their experiences, but then also connect them to folks that may be doing important things that they can, they can lean on. Maybe there's, they need financial support. Well, we know several people that are doing great work in that space that we can say, Hey, you need to talk to these people, see which one fits best with you, who meshes well with you, but you should work with them. Vice versa, like same thing on, you know, whether it's the mental side, whether it's, you know, identity or coaching on terms of like building that up, like we want to make sure that folks know that there are people out there that want to help. And you're not in it by yourself as much as it seems like he's kind of been thrown out there like, all right, good luck. See you at an alumni event. Right. Or see you at the, you know, at the, you know, retired players reunion. Um, You know, I think there, there is a ton of resources that just, you just need to know where to go to get them and that they exist, you know, to be able to utilize them to your advantage. But you made a great point. Like it's, I think the hardest part is all that freedom because it's a new experience and, while you're a traditional college student, you may be used to being like, oh, I have four hours open in the middle of my day. Like I can figure out what to do with those as a student athlete. You, that's not an option for you. That's very rarely the case. And so now you have all this free time and it's like, I should be doing something. What should I be doing? Like everyone's looking for like the, what should I be doing right now? We get that question a lot. And it's like, well, what are your goals? Like, what are you trying to reach? You know, that's what should determine what you should be doing. Cause what Mariah is going to should be doing is going to be different from what Danielle should be doing. And, and that's really where we've seen a lot of those pitfalls is like, everyone's trying to look at other people and be like, I should be doing what they're doing. And it's like, well, not necessarily. <laughs> the comparison game with yes. athletics. I mean, it's just like native to us. Exactly. But it translates to every other. <laughs> 
you know, sometimes great and you can poke fun at it, but then other times you're like, oh my gosh, this person already has an internship for when they exactly and then you exactly, like you said, fall into that pitfall. And then it just snowballs into more and more, you know, anxiety and worry about the inevitable <laughs> graduation coming up, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think you, I think that's not unique to athletes. That's just who we are as humans, right? We, we, we all are looking around to kind of like follow the, follow like what the trends are and like, what's, what, again, what should we be doing? I don't think that's an athlete thing. I think that's an everyone thing. Um, and you have those unique people that just naturally want to blaze their own path. And I think that's fantastic. And we all need to kind of adopt that strategy. Um, and I think social media has played a lot into it. Like you can now see what people are doing all the time. And there's a literal place you can go every minute of every day to check in on what people are doing. And like you said, in some cases, that's fun and exciting. But in other cases, it could be really damaging to your, you know, to your mental health and all of those things that come with, you know, transitioning and, and in a new experience, right? So you know, the social media breaks are important. Like don't, you know, as everyone says, right. What people are posting is not necessarily like all the bad stuff, right. People are posting the exciting things and the fun things. Like nobody's necessarily going out there and being like, yeah, I had a really tough day today, you know, really feeling bad about X, Y, and Z. They're posting like amazing accomplishments and that's, that's good, right. We should be, but I think, yeah, it's, to your point, like that comparison game can get really dangerous really fast, especially if you're still trying to figure out what you want to do, because you're going to feel like you're the only one that doesn't have a purpose. And to be honest, there's quite a few people that have, that don't have that purpose. And honestly, that's fine. That's okay. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And even too, I found, you know, you could have a purpose up until a certain point in your life and then it can shift too. So, you know, there's no moment where it has to be like one purpose distinctly uh, announced, you know, to other people. And so it's like, you know, that's one thing I've personally worked on and had in my own growth of being like, okay, allow yourself that time and that grace to find what your purpose is, you know, and that arrived here and like my passion for just advocating and whatnot. Um, But that was some of the best advice I ever got was along this topic of social media and transitioning into college actually um, from one of my teammates who was a year older so she had gone through college her first year and was a rower and came back to our town and I asked her I was like how was like you know like it's just the year in general and she was like honestly it was awesome but no one really tells you about how difficult college can be and she was like you know it's always hyped up in movies and media and you hear your parents talking about like the good old days in college and everything, you know, and then she's like, you get to college and it's such a different world. And, you know, academics, athletics, like personal um, development, everything is just so new. And she's like, you have to remember and always keep it in the back of your head that, you know, there people aren't posting when they're upset or when they're like really going through it or when they're you know, not happy with a result. Like you're only seeing that one side and it's super biased. And I've always taken that with me. (laughs) Yeah. It's great that you got that advice right at the beginning, because, you know, I think that is, it is something that affects every single person. And now we have this place to go when we want to see, like compare ourselves to other people. And I think that's really something that's changed over the last 15, 20 years that 
you know, again, when I was in college, Instagram was created like my last year of college, we had Facebook, which was, you know, the thing we had Twitter, which was kind of new at the time. But like, there wasn't necessarily this place where we could like, always check in like Facebook was a lot of fun, like everybody was using it wasn't like, what it is today. It was very much like only college and high school students were on it. It was a way to like keep up with people, like share fun photos, but it wasn't necessarily like people sharing accomplishments. It was more like like a community and a way to connect. And I feel like now it's become, you know, social media is its own industry and it's, it's very different now than what it used to be, which was like a way for me and you to stay in touch and like send funny quotes or like stories or post old pictures, right? Like all of that has kind of shifted into being more posting to a mass group versus sharing intimately with your friends. I think that's kind of been the change that I've seen. And to be honest, that's less attractive for me. Um, And so I'm on social media a lot for work, but like, again, I post like maybe once a month on Instagram. Like I'm just like, I can't spend all my time there because I am that person that I will be like, oh my God, they did this. Like, I haven't even gotten to here yet. And I need to check myself because I'm like you, like, you know, like you said, like that piece of advice that your friend gave you was like, nobody's posting the bad stuff. Like I have to constantly tell myself that because yeah, nobody tells you when you're working in and working on your own business, like how difficult it's going to be, right? You hear and same with college, like anything time you do something new, right? you are looking forward and you should be excited and everything. And nobody wants to tell you like, oh, it's going to be really hard and it's going to suck and you're going to have bad days. Like that's not something you want to tell someone as they're about to dive into a new opportunity, (laughs) but it's almost like, let's prepare them. Like let's, every day is not going to be easy. Being an entrepreneur is not like set your own schedule. It's super fun. You can do anything you want. It's like your time. Being an entrepreneur means you're working more than if you have a 40 hour week job, you're in charge of everything. And like, I think the same thing goes for getting into that college space or being an athlete, right? There are some amazing opportunities, but there's also some stuff that's not so glamorous, not so fun that we don't see, we don't see because we're not living it. And I think that's just something for everyone to take away. And regardless of what they do is, you know, again, everybody has something going on that they're not talking about. Um, and it's okay to keep that to yourself. But at the same time, we should also recognize that it's not all sunshine and butterflies all the time, regardless of what situation you're in. Yes. Yeah. And I'm the same way with social media. You know, I, I am on a lot just, you know, for um, my job in marketing and for this podcast and just personal life too. So, you know, sometimes it's so relaxing and like, you know, you get comedy out of it and it's great to just stay connected. But then other times it's like, no, like that's like, this is one of my goals that I want to achieve. And so trying to just manifest that and grow through social media is a whole other monster. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah, you can <laughs> definitely relate. To it's that. like a, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I feel like social media is so many good things, but it also comes with so many bad. So I think one thing I'd love to see, especially for athletes is like, let's educate folks about the the good and the bad of social media, like how to utilize it, like you said, to connect and enjoy and be able to connect and reach people. But also like, when it's okay to say, look, I'm not, I'm going to take a break, or I'm going to come back in, you know, six months and kind of get back on see what I've missed. Um, I've heard people that have deleted certain apps on their phones, because they just don't want to be connected, like they want to control when they get on it. Um, I'm a no notifications person. So like, if I, I don't want to get notifications when I get 
retweets or posts or likes or anything, because then I'll be on it all day looking at how many people are responding or if they are right. Um, so yeah, I think it's just educating yourself and, and some people might disagree and that's totally fine. Like it has to work for you. So if you love social media and you want to be on every day, go for it. That's great. Um, maybe you can build your brand off of that, but you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that just need to know that it's okay to be like, all right, going to take some time away and, you know, not worry about what other people are doing because yeah, that's a trap I fall into all the time. For sure. Yeah. The little, um, notifications that I get where it's like screen time. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like that keeps me honest. Let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. When it's like your screen time has increased by like 40%. You're like, what did I do this week? Like what was going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so relatable. I think everyone, you know, yeah. It's like the, the notification you don't want to get when you see the screen time, you're like, don't tell me. Don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> And this kind of ties into too with talk what's next about prioritizing and you know you had um i think it was on your instagram but this content post all about prioritizing versus balancing mm-hmm. and that really <laughs> that stuck with me when i saw it for the first time because and i've thought about it ever since because i always say i'm like oh i'm balancing like you know in college, of course, athletics, academics, my social life, my own mental health, you know, you're balancing it all. Right. And then you make the great distinctive, distinctive, um, difference of saying, you know, balance means everything is equal and prioritizing really is diving deeper and seeing what you want and what you choose to spend more time with. And I was like, damn, I definitely have to to take a little bit of time to really make that distinction, especially now, you know, with access, easy access to so many things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask kind of, when did you first make that distinction for yourself of prioritizing versus balancing? Oh my gosh. I think it's a lesson I'm still learning. Like, I, I think we're so taught that like everything should be equal and we should be able to do everything, especially women. Like we're, we're given this, like, we can do it all. We can, we can be the moms and the, you know, the great moms and the great business people and have this great career and this great social life. You know, like it's, it's this almost myth of like, you can do everything, you can handle it. And it's like, sure, maybe a lot of us can, but do we really like, is that an attainable or something we should be trying to attain? Um, I think I, really started embracing it when I did start working on my own um, because it's unreal the amount of time and pressure I was putting into this business, which of course, when you're an entrepreneur, there are weeks and months and time periods where like your focus, maybe 70 hours a week has to be business. And I was really struggling with the word balance because I was like, I don't feel like I have that work-life balance that everyone's constantly telling you to strive for. And I'm going to forget who talked about this, but I don't know if it was a podcast I was listening to or a conversation I had with someone very early on. They said balance is not a realistic goal for anyone. There's never a day you're going to be perfectly balanced and like, okay, I spent four hours with my kids and I worked for four hours and I worked out for four and did like my own thing for four hours. They're like, that's just not realistic. Like every day is going to have a priority And that priority might be family or it might be myself or it might be the business or it might be my job. Like, and that stuck with me 
especially because I was feeling so unbalanced. Like I was like, I don't feel like I have any balance. I feel like I'm working all the time and my personal life is completely moot. And, and, you know, like I just had nothing going on, but work. And I sunk myself into work because that was the only thing I was doing. Um, and so when I had that conversation again, or I heard that podcast and I can't, if I heard it from someone, I apologize. I don't remember who <laughs> we had this conversation with, but I think that stuck with me. And really understanding that like, that's not a realistic goal. And it's absolutely okay to have weeks where work isn't the priority, like you're on vacation, right? Or you're spending time with family. Like there are absolutely times where that's okay. It's still a work in progress for me, I would say. And I'm sure people close to me would say like work is still a very big priority for me. And it will probably be always in my life. Like I love having a career and that's important to me. I think I could probably use some more time building up other parts of my identity as well, because I am very work oriented, but to your point, like it's, it's something that kind of changes the perspective because we hear work-life balance society's always like, what do you do? Like, what's your job? Like introduce yourself and like, tell us what you do. And that's a hard habit to break. Um, but I think for me, just kind of constantly understanding like, okay, is today the day I need to work till 7 PM? Okay, cool. But tomorrow, what's the priority? Like, can I be done at five, right? And like trying to give myself a chance to prioritize other things. Um, and I, I, again, like, I think that just was, it's still something I'm working on, but especially being an entrepreneur, having working for myself and, and working with others, like it's something where I've had to reclaim a lot of time and been like, I'm sorry, I can't do a call at 6 p.m. tomorrow. I have something else to do and not worrying about, if they're upset or if that's, you know, not okay. I just think like part of that is being selfish a little bit. And so I think that's, that's something that's come up for me a lot. Um, and I'm still working on it, but I'm glad that resonated with you because I think a lot of times for athletes as well, you're told, like you said, to balance school and to balance work and to balance, you know, uh, your job as an athlete and you have to balance everything great. And you can't like school and sports have to be the priority. Well, that's just not realistic either. Right. Like sometimes you're traveling for meets or games and like school is not a priority that week. And that's okay to admit that like some weeks you have finals. So school is definitely the priority. You know what I mean? So it's, it ebbs and flows. And I think for sure for like working parents, they can understand this. Like your kid gets sick. Well, guess what? They're the priority that day work takes the back seat. And like to say, you're going to balance everything is just like a myth we're telling ourselves that like we can do it all. And like, everything is going to be perfect. And that's, just not for me, not a way to describe it. Some people still love that word and they feel like that's a great word to use. And that's fine for me. Prioritizing helps me like really focus in on like, okay, what are we doing today? What's the focus, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I love that, um, mindset of kind of, you can have a shifting priority Yes. on the day. Cause you know, of course you have your long-term goals, but like you said, stuff pops up and that's part of life. You know, you have to just go with the flow sometimes. Mm-hmm. And- that definitely resonates with me because some days I am like, you know what? Okay. Work like we're doing so much stuff. Like everything's got to get done. These are my goals, you know, working up until whatever hour. And then other days it's just like, okay, all I want to do is just read a book, you know, watch Netflix, like you need those days. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone does. Um, and I love too, that you express your feeling on balance. And that's really when you had to take the time to reshift and reframe and prioritize things in your life. 
because I definitely, I would say probably, I think it was at the start of COVID, right? Where everyone, you know, uncertainty and everything, people just felt super um, uprooted and whatnot. But weirdly enough, that was when I felt super balanced because then I had all this time back. Mm-hmm. I could be like, you know what? These are all these personal goals that I had, you know, of reading and developing this podcast and whatnot. So I was able to, you know, take a lot of that time that probably would have been dedicated to things in person and whatnot and reframe it. And that has been great for that time period. But now I realize with things getting back to normal, I've kind of lost that ability to prioritize things. Um, You know, just agreeing to everything sort of out of not guilt, but out of wanting to make up for lost time. So I'm curious if you kind of felt the same way. Oh, a hundred percent. I think the whole like quarantine time really was a wake up call for a lot of people, including myself. Like, I just think a lot of people, like you said, had the extra time or were like forced to think seriously. Like if, again, I feel like there were two different pandemics, the pandemics for people that didn't have kids and the pandemics for people that did, because they just, I feel like had no time, like their time was now like homeschooling. Like, so I feel like there's like a bunch of different ways people experience this. But I think for many people that are in the kind of age group of high school, college, post-college kind of young adult, or even like twenties and thirties, right. A lot of us were really kind of like, okay, like where, like, it was kind of that wake up call because we were going a million miles an hour and everything was happening at once. And we were just trying to maintain like an average, like, okay, everything I think I had to do got done this week. And I got to hang out with my friends and I got to do this. Right. But we weren't like taking enough time for ourselves. And I think as a culture, a lot of people were just like, Whoa, like, what is this all for? Right. When you have kind of like life threatening events like COVID where you're just like worried about surviving for many people, it does put a lot into perspective. Like, okay, do I need to be working till 10 o'clock on this proposal that probably is, could be done tomorrow morning? Probably not. Um, but to your point, like, I think again, with the shifting priorities, like it's hard to have it to get out of, to like put yourself first all the time. And, and you can't sometimes. Right. But I think the biggest thing to remember is like, as excited as we were about having all this free time, you know, at the end, we probably were like, God, I wish there was like a way we could do stuff in between. And I think this is, again, we were talking about, you know, before we really dove in, like how every weekend and every external moment of after work is like booked. And it's because we're making up for that lost time, like you said, but I think I feel like the same way. It's like, we need a middle ground. And I think hopefully come fall and spring, we'll be able to start like leveling out. And I've already heard people saying like, I'm not doing these kinds of, like, I'm not going to go to networking events on these days. Like these days are my me time. I'm going to go home. I'm going to make dinner, chill. Like these are my me days. And then like, if I have an event, it'll be this night. And that's my night where I can go out till nine o'clock at a networking event, meet people, whatever. I think you're going to start to see people prioritizing that, but we still haven't officially shifted out of pandemic world yet. And I've already seen a lot of people being like, I'm booked. Like I have no time. Like what happened to all this free time? So it is about like really shifting priorities and being flexible with yourself. Because again, some weeks are going to be better than others. Like you can't control everything. You may have a wedding and you just have to 
that's the wedding, right? Even if it's a bad time, like, you know, you have to decide if you're going to go or not. So yeah, it's, it's been tough. I think for me too, because it's almost like you said, it's not, it's not like it is kind of guilt, but it's almost just kind of like, well, I haven't seen them in so long. Like I can't like not do it. But I think that is something we all need to start saying is like, oh, that's great. I'm actually super slammed right now. So let's table this for another time. And I think it's again, more something that we probably feel guilty about being like, again, coming out of this thing. And I certainly feel like I'm a people pleaser. So I don't want to upset people. I don't disappoint people more importantly. Right. I don't want to say like, I can't do that. I always want to be able to support or say yes. And that's a habit I'm trying to work on too, is like, I physically cannot do everything people want me to do and get everything done that I want to do. Um, and so you have to be selfish. And I think that's something we don't expect people to do is to say, no, that doesn't work for me. Can you do this? But it's not a big deal. Like, you know, it's, it's not that big of an issue. It's just, you have to decide to do it and be the, be the person that draws the line in the sand and says, I would love to meet up for drinks, but the next couple of weeks are just nutty for me. So how about in a month? Like, let's find some time because I've also noticed when I stack myself like that, I don't really enjoy it. Cause I'm just so stressed about how much I have going on that I can't even really enjoy it. Cause I'm always like, Oh, well then I got to go home and I got to send these four emails and then I got to do this. And then tomorrow. So it's, it's, I'm trying also to think about like, will I enjoy having a conversation with this person over a drink now or later? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought that up because I very much am the same way, you know, people pleaser. And I definitely have to try more to be the catalyst in myself of being, you know, no, like this is my deadline. I've, I have too much stuff to do right now, but let's, of course, in the future, um, do yeah. something. And like you said, you know, it is a hard habit to break. <laughs> yeah. And honestly I've learned. And again, I'm not perfect. I'm still working on all of this. I'll never be perfect. And I'll always fall into this trap, but I've tried to also realize that like, no one can force you to do something you don't want to do, you know, in 99% of circumstances. So if I can't go to dinner, I can't go to dinner, you know, like it's, it's, if I don't want to go to dinner, I don't have to go to dinner, right? If I don't want to do a meeting, I don't have to do the meeting, right? Again, if it's for work and you, it's like a required meeting for your boss, like, yeah, you got to do the meeting. But in a lot of cases for some of the stuff, it's like you said, it's, it's very hard to be like, no, I need to take this time for myself, but like, no one's going to do that for you. Like no one's going to come in and be like, Mariah, like you need to take tonight to chill. Like you've been working so hard. Like you have to be that person for yourself. Because if someone is that person for you, they're eventually going to feel like they're your parent, right? That they're, that they're constantly like, you should take some time off. Like, are you sure you want to do that? Right. Like, and, and I think that's something too, to constantly think about is like, you should be that police officer for yourself. Like kind of saying, Hey, you haven't had like a chill day in a while. It might be worthwhile to take some time off. Like just read, like you said, like turn on Netflix, whatever it is. Cause your friends aren't going to be like, Hey, sounds like you're busy. Maybe we should do this a different time. Like you have to be that person. That's like, I would love to, but this isn't a good time. And again, they're probably be disappointed a little bit, but like, you're not saying never, you're just saying, I can't right now. Like maybe in a couple weeks, like we can put something on the calendar mm-hmm. and you'll feel a lot better about it too. Once you, it, it, it's a habit you got to build, right. You got to keep, 
keep working on it. And the more you like the muscle, the more you use it, the stronger it becomes because then you won't be as worried about being like, can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And practice makes perfect. And you know, like my, I would like to think friends would be like, Oh, I completely understand. And right. that, you know, you always make such a big deal about it in your own head. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, they're going to be so upset. And it's like, it's like, Oh, okay. And you know, the thing, like, again, like one thing I love is when people cancel plans that like I was planning on canceling, you know, like that feeling where it's just like, Oh, I don't want to do this. And then they're like, Hey, I'm so tired. Like, do you mind if we reschedule? And you're like, yes, that's amazing. Like now they're the bad guy and I'm not, but like, you can also be that person. You know what I mean? Like you can also reach out and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I know we were supposed to, you know, either talk on the phone or meet for dinner or whatever. Like this week has been insane. And I just need some time to chill. Is there any way we can reschedule for another time? Like nine times out of 10, like you said, they're not going to care. They're probably going to have excitement because they have free time now that they can utilize. And like you said, like, you'll just feel better. So it's again, continuing to do it is how you get better. And I'm still working on it, but that's, you know, again, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough to like navigate having all this free time and then like things coming back and not having it. <laughs> Navigation of all is absolutely <laughs> And I know for a fact, every person (laughs) globally. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's been a global challenge for sure. Everybody's dealing with it. Yeah. And I think too, along with, you know, prioritization is the first thing to go is usually our own time, you know, because the least thing that's inconveniencing anyone else, you know, it's just like, oh, I was going to do this for myself, but now I can just take that out and no one will know about it. Right. I think exactly it becomes, you know, and that's why mental health sadly gets swept under the rug a lot is because it's a lot easier to just shift around your own schedule rather than shift someone else's, you know, because there is a little bit of uh, not, not guilt, but you know, you feel bad about it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, there's no guilt on canceling on yourself, right? You're not going to like, maybe there should be, maybe that's what we have to do is to be like, Oh no, like I can't cancel on me. Like that's going to make me feel terrible, you know, but it is like, it's, it's the path of least resistance sometimes that we take where it's like, Oh, I don't want to deal with them being upset or disappointed or like mad that we missed a deadline. So I'm just going to cancel my own thing and figure that out. And that's always what happens. Right. But it's almost that like concept of pay yourself first has to exist in like real life web. I've written about this too, where it's like, we always talk about financially, like you have to pay yourself first. And, you know, a lot of us struggle to even do that, but at the same, like before you pay your bills, like put money in your savings account. Right. But it's the same thing, like with their time, like before you give your whole calendar to somebody else, like block out those hours that are for you to chill or whatever, and then start to schedule with other people. And it is that concept of, like you just said, like, make sure that there's time that's indisputably your time that you can't give away to other people that it's put in your calendar. Like if it's a hold or if it's just like a big box that says like no meetings or whatever, you know, like, and it's whatever, you don't have to put anything on there, but just like nothing can be scheduled at that point and then schedule around it. Like, I think I've learned again, like the more holes I have in my calendar, the more I'm like, Oh, I have time. Good. So I've tried to like block out as much as I can to give myself time one to get work done. So I'm not on the phone all day, every day, trying to like figure out when am I going to do the work I'm talking about? Um, but two, like you said, so like, if somebody's like, Hey, want to meet up Tuesday night for drinks? I'm like, Oh, sorry, I can't. How about Thursday? Right. And then I'm not worried about like, 
oh no, well, I'm meeting up with these three people and now I got to do this. So again, it's, it's work in progress. And I feel like that's the thing we have to keep in mind is like, I'll probably still be working on this in my forties and in my fifties, right? Like it's, it's every day, you know, things come up, things happen. No, no week is going to be perfect, but you know, it's, it's just as long as, like you said, you're able to like really narrow down, like, okay, I'm struggling with giving myself time. How do I solve that? for next week and then the next week. Right. And just kind of trying your best, I think is, is really all you can ask yourself to do. Yeah, for sure. And I love that. That's such a great analogy of, you know, paying yourself first. And like, you think about it in finances makes a ton of sense. Buy it your own time and mental health. And you're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) it just kind of unlocks another way of looking at it. Um, Yeah. I'm a visual person. Like I have to see it, right. Like I have to see again, I'm like, like, I put everything on my calendar on my computer. Cause I need to look at the week and be like, do I have an hour on Wednesday? Um, and I wasn't doing that before where I was just like, I have an open 20 minutes. Like I could do that. I'll get the work done. And now I had to literally time block my entire calendar to be like, Nope, I do this during this time. And of course things shift if they have to, but like the block still goes somewhere else, if that makes sense. Like if I have to cancel the me block, it doesn't get deleted. It gets moved to another time. Right. So it's like, well, instead of Tuesday night, now it's going to be Wednesday night and that's my time. So it's again, to your point, like kind of using those things that work. Like if you're very good at like prioritizing yourself in a certain area, how do you do that? Like if you always go to the gym in the morning, like if that's just something you're dedicated to, how do you use that mindset to help you also read every day or whatever it is, whatever you're trying to do, right? Like how do you use that mindset to go into something else? Like, how do you take that? And I think, again, athletes have this great routine. Like you give them a schedule, they can stick stick to it, right? Like you said, like you were very comfortable knowing like when all these things were. So create that for yourself, right? Like be like, okay, Tuesdays are my day that I chill and I don't have a bunch of meetings and I get stuff done and I can do whatever I need to do. Wednesdays are my crazy days just to make it go fast. Like it's busy, you know, like you can pick and create that for yourself, but you have to set yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, a great um, point as well. And this kind of ties into, you know, defining your core values and having to see, you know, like what truly matters. And like we were saying, prioritizing. Um, But one other thing I wanted to ask you about, and of course it's all related, but you speak about, you know, having to refocus and declutter your life, which, you know, you just gave a great example of creating a schedule for yourself. So, you know, good job. You, uh, you got there before, um, you know, like trying to kind of do that. What are some other strategy strategies that you recommend, um, with the, like either, athletes that you're helping out with, with tackle what's next or just yourself or other people in your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's, there's probably tons that could work for different people, but it is something I constantly check back on. Um, Like you said earlier, I'm the same kind of concept where if somebody brings me some cool project or idea or thing, I'm like, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. And that's why I I love working for myself because I can dive Mm -hmm. into things, right? It's my decision but I always have to circle back, whether it's every couple months or even more often than that to kind of be like, okay, like what needs to get done and what is not important. And I'm constantly reevaluating like 
does this need to continue? Can we put a hold on this this month? Like I have to constantly be reevaluating things and thinking, okay, you know, we have three events coming up this month. Do I have time to also launch this new program with this person? No, probably not. You know, so it's, I think one of the things that really helps me and that I also talk to a lot of the athletes we work with is really breaking things down into priorities down the road, but also immediately. So if the goal is to host an event in October, like what needs to happen in July, what needs to happen in August, what needs to happen in September? And do we have time? What else do we have time to plug in around that? So it's kind of like, you have to pick the main focus. Like there has to be one focus. And I have a business coach that helps a lot with like reminding me, right. Keeping me accountable. Like, okay, here's your one focus for right now. And I think that's something that it could help a lot of people is like, obviously we have more than one focus going on at all times, but if we prioritize one thing, we can build around that. So again, just like we're talking about prioritizing like work and home life and personal life, whatever it is, you can prioritize your work schedule. So if you have four projects due, like, well, which one is the most important right now? And then you can still make progress on the other ones, but it's smaller things, right? Like, okay, we have an event in October. We also want to do a podcast interview with this person. And we want to do a couple Instagram live interviews. Okay. So when's the big stuff going to happen for the event? When do we need to make sure that that's the big focus? And I think, you know, it's again, really understanding like the timeline of events. So the things don't just happen on the day they're scheduled, right? You need to prep for them. You need to get a lot of work done for them. And I think just understanding the, the steps, the small wins you need to take to getting there um, helps you understand, okay, what else am I going to have time for around this? And again, I'm one of those people that takes stuff on. I'm like, I want to do this. This is awesome. This is great. And I have a post-it sitting right here in front of me that says like, say no, because I have to remind myself, like, I can't do everything and I need to say no to some things because, but I also have to know like what those things are, right? I have to have the schedule in front of me to be like, okay, this week, this is the focus. This is what I need to get done. I can't add anything else, or maybe I can, I don't know, but I think it's, it's really helpful to look at, you know, again, you don't have to do this five years out, right? We're talking six to 12 months. Like here's what's coming up. Here's what I'm going to need to do every month to stay on track. And once you have that written out, your path is so clear, right? You, all you need to do is stick to the plan, but you have to create that plan for yourself. Like only you can build that. So like you're talking about some of the athletes we work with, you know, one athlete you work with, she really wanted to get a website up and she has so much going on. And she was like, my goal is by the end of July to get this website up. And this was back in April. So I was like, all right, so what needs to happen this month? And she's like, well, I need to find a website developer. Okay, cool. That was her focus for the website. What else could she do? Well, she had a job. She's still playing basketball. Like all these things were coming together. So she still had other things, but the website was the one thing that she needed to do in April was find the developer. Okay. She did that. Then May was like, okay, content. All right. I need to figure out what's going on this website. I need to make a content plan. I also need to talk to the developer about costs and, you know, like, so making those lists of things and then knowing where they can plug in. And so like, okay, looking at May, June, July, is July a realistic time frame with everything else you have going on to launch the website? It turns out it was, she got it done, but like you have to be able to create that right for yourself so that you know, okay, 
this is the time frame. It's realistic. And you can kind of stay on track. Like you can kind of see, okay, well, I didn't get that done yet. And I didn't get that done yet. Like maybe this time frame isn't going to work for me, or maybe I have too much on my plate and I need to delegate or I need to ask for help so that I can stick to my plan. Cause I think that's another thing we see a lot is everybody wants to do everything themselves. And I'm one of those people, right? Like why ask, you know, I don't want to burden people with my problems, but people want to help you. So if you're looking for a speaker and you know, somebody that knows a lot of people like shoot them a note, Hey, I'm really struggling to find a speaker for this. Do you know anybody? I'd love to highlight them, whatever. They want to help you. And I think just, especially for athletes, like you're not in this by yourself. People are there to support you. And if you ask for help, nine times out of 10, you're going to get the help you need. So it build the plan that works for you. And then if you notice things aren't working, adjust it. Like it's nothing's like set in stone, right? You're nobody here, unless you are working in the medical field, like, you know, we can change deadlines, things can move, right? We're not, you know, nothing here is life-threatening. So it's okay. If the website comes out in August, you know, nobody's going to freak out. Um, so I think that's just something that I've, that's helped me, um, And again, like every, like July has been a big playing month for us. So we're trying to lay out like, okay, we don't want to plan too far in advance, but like the rest of 2021, early 2022, like what are the focuses? What do we need to lay out? Like what each month is going to look like. And we're already looking like, okay, this month's going to be super busy. So we can't take on too much more. Right. Like there's just a lot of things that shows you when you actually map out like the the, the to-dos of a project. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hell, you're inspiring me hearing all these stories. You know, I even, I'm like, I have to make this schedule and I have a loose one, but it's not that detailed, you know, it's just like personal goals and everything putting on there. And, you know, that's such great advice. Just like lay it all out so that you Mm -hmm. take out that piece that probably has a lot of anxiety about the future of being, you know, like this is five months ahead. How can I pace myself and set up for success to hit those goals instead of, you know, just kind of being, um, overwhelmed with everything. And even hearing you (laughs) speak about all of this helps me understand so much, you know, how you've been successful with tackle what's next and just hearing how, um, you oriented yourself, you know, growing. And even like we were saying before, you know, having sometimes to work up till 7 PM is a lot, but yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that's the one thing to know is that like plans change. You mentioned it like life happens and that's fine. So like, does it have to be like this Tuesday, I'm going to spend two and a half hours doing this? Like, no. But if you just put like, I want to launch my website by July and like never map out what actually has to happen to do it, you're probably not going to get the website done in July because you're going to see July 1st come around and you're going to be like, oh my God, like I have to do the website and now I have to crunch the process down into 30 days. And so again, we just like, again, I always compare it back to like, if you're an athlete, you understand how to work towards a goal, like sports is goal oriented. So like, this is when the meet is, or this is when the championship is, what do you need to do three months before? What do you need to do six months before? Like, what do you need to do the week before? Like there's things you can start to work on and you, you don't like plan for a game the day of and be like, all right, we have a game today here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to prep for it. Right. Like you have to plan it in advance and you have to also have like systems in place to help you. And so I think that's definitely one of the things that athletes can utilize from their sports experience, right? You know how to do that. So use that same mindset. If you're a visual person and you like to visualize, do that. Like, okay, I just created my website. 
What did I do last week? What did I do three months ago? Right. That's sometimes really helpful to go backwards and say, okay, here I am. I've done it. What did I have to do to get there? And that helps you map it out. But again, I'm a person that like, if I don't have a list and I'm not following it, it's not getting done because yeah, there's plenty of times I've thrown big goals up on the calendar. If I don't break them down, I'm not actually working towards them. They're just sitting there. Right. And I think that's a habit all of us can get into really easily because there is so much going on that you're like, oh yeah, we'll still do that. We'll still do that. But if you haven't touched it yet, are you actually going to still do it? Right. And it's, you know, like you said, there's a lot of anxiety around it. So if you can map it out and be like, okay, this is when we're going to get the hard stuff done. Here we go. You can like really reach in and be like, Hey, do I need help? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? But it is, like you said, it's, 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 it's almost natural sometimes to just like, it seems so easy, like just write down the steps, but like, it helps so much. It really does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it's the little things that just <laughs> really take, you know, take you to that next level. hundred um, percent. Yeah. And definitely using, you know, all the things in my own past life that have helped me, you know, like transitioning them into new areas, like professionally, has, that's been one thing that, you know, I'm proud of myself to be able to take this in my athletics or my personal life or academics, whatever it may be, but transition that into my professional life now. Cause I'm really starting <laughs> the whole career <laughs> aspect of things yeah. in itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has been amazing and I want to be respectful of your time as well, but thank you so much for chatting and sharing all your wealth of knowledge that you have <laughs> today. It's been so awesome to connect and hear just more about Tackle, what's next and your oh. story. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's fun to be on this side of the of the mic and and uh, thanks for reaching out and connecting and and kudos to you for for creating this and and making this space and clearly you, you're really passionate about this, this side of things. And I think it's awesome to see. And like you said, it's a learning process. We're never done transitioning. We're never done, you know, figuring out what's next. Like there's always something next, right. Or at least there should be. And I think, you know, we get in that habit of like, okay, we did it, check it off the list. But it's like, you're always working on, like, we're always a work in progress. And I think the more conversations we can have about, you know, how everyone at every point in their careers or their lives is always continuing to work on those things. Like it just makes it more normal for all of us to kind of admit that like, yeah, we don't know what we're doing all the time. We don't have it all together all the time. And that's totally fine. So thanks for the opportunity to share and thanks for making this happen. Thank you all for listening and dedicating some of your time to listening to these conversations and being an external part of that conversation. I hope you take away with each episode, maybe some new perspectives and some ways to reflect about how what we talk about pertains to your life and your own interests and goals. Mm-hmm.